Welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, presented by Roast House Pub and Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, as well as Havoc Brew Supply, the one-stop shop for all of your brewery's needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I am joined by Josh Bollinger, the owner, founder, you, do you, are you so the brewer? The yeah, head I'm the head brewer as head well. Head brewer at Uncle Dirty Brew Works. And also the proprietor of, what's the name of the restaurant? It's just called Bollinger's Restaurant, so. yeah. I, I thought so, but I knew if I just said that it was going to be wrong, and then I might make my usual idiot out of myself, um, which also has catapulted you to the best guest so far because you brought me brisket, pulled pork, and uh, coleslaw. Well, I mean, they go together. The and beer in the... Beer so, the barbecue. So I apologize if uh, you hear chewing and eating. Wow, because I couldn't wait because it smelled so delicious. Um, I normally we will kick off just getting a little bit of your backstory first, but I think first I just need to hear the story of where the name Uncle Dirty came from. Wow, that's that's, um. that's the number one important thing I I need to know. Well. It's not really that funny or special. Uh, I played softball, slow pitch softball way back in the day, and uh, I just had a really dirty mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And the guys who I played with just started calling me dirty. And then when we opened the restaurant and I started to do the barbecue, I started making my own sauces and everything, and I needed a brand name or whatever. So uh, I have two nieces, and that's what the uncle came in about so did they call you uncle dirty or yes you're just, okay <laughs> because you swear at them a lot or no, no. just from the, just from the the from nickname the, okay. the nickname of dirty okay good i still my, my friend most of my friends still call me that okay so not the uncle <laughs> just dirty i mean it, it's definitely uh an intent uh, attention grabbing name yeah um and you are so when did you open? It's it's not even been a year yet. I didn't think so. So we poured our first beer October 1st. So, I mean, it's coming up on that that time. But you often get mentioned, I see on Facebook all the time, for like Frederick Bass Brewery and things like that. Well, I mean, we're trying. We're definitely trying. Which I say, the beer I've tasted so far is absolutely delicious. Um, I don't know. I still might like the... Brisket and pulled pork better, though. <laughs> Mainly because it's noon. I haven't eaten breakfast. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, but the beer is phenomenal. Um, so that when when did the restaurant open? That's been around longer, right? So, wow, yeah. The restaurant was opened by my great-grandmother in 1946. So just a little bit longer. <laughs> just a little bit longer. Um then this is our fourth location for the restaurant being Bollinger's restaurant. So moving, not additional. Yeah. Ones. Okay. I somehow, cause I, I was hanging out a friend's house in Thurmont over the weekend. And when I was sitting there, I think that's actually the first time I've gone to Thurmont. <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot to do in Thurmont. I also just, um, I don't leave Frederick off like Frederick City often. <laughs> so um that's why I'm not not very familiar about what's going on in Thurmont. Right. Um so where where in Thurmont is, is 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 the brewery connected to the restaurant? Well, we brew in a smaller building that okay. sits on the property and then we just uh keg it up and hike it up to the taps. So it's located at 210B North Church Street in Thurmont. And then where's the restaurant? The restaurant's on the same... It's on the same property, yeah. All right, so now let's rewind to where we normally start. Okay. And hear your backstory. I mean, I think I know how you got into the restaurant part of the business. Um, That was just in your blood. Right. (laughs) 17 years ago when I I got into the business. So you... you would be the third generation, fourth, fourth, fourth. Oh yeah, you fourth said great grand, yeah, fourth generation owner. Um, so have you taken over from? Like, was it your dad? Um, or well, your, my mother. The, what was the lineage? So, 
it was my great grandmother, then my grandfather, and then my mother actually bought it from okay. my grandfather. My dad didn't want anything to do with it, so. Okay. And then she's still part owner of it, but she's almost seventy and she's working her way out. Yeah. So, I'm like, if I'm going to do this for the next twenty years, it's going to be mine real soon. So I'm just doing everything to to get it to where I want it. Uh, so when did you take or start to take over? Um, a couple years ago is when I really started to take over the menu and most of the majority of that kind of stuff. You know, because we went years without even having an alcohol there. So I got the first oh wow beer and wine license a couple of years ago, and then they went. That had to help your revenue really quickly right off the bat. <laughs> but it, it, it did, but a lot of people were still like, oh, this is just a little old Bollinger's restaurant oh, yeah. and didn't even think about it. But then I started to move into the craft beer. That really brought more customers in. And Yeah, because I, I, would, I would venture to guess there aren't a whole lot of options within Thermont for craft beer. No, there's not. Um, so... Have you always worked at the the restaurant, or did you take I'd, a break for a little while to have nothing to do with it? I mean, it? I worked there when I was in high school. Uh, when I got out of high school, I actually did uh, heating and air conditioning for eight years. Okay. And then I got tired of that, and my friends were like, get back into the restaurant, get back into the restaurant. So is it was it your typical, like, when you were a teenager, like, I'm not going to do what my parents did and <laughs> went, <laughs> went to do something else? Well, or? Uh, when we've – let me give you a little backstory on the first backstory. In 2004, the restaurant was in the, a little shopping center, and the building was foreclosed on. So my mom actually lost her lease, and we took a three-year hiatus. So in 2007 is when – my friends were like, get back into the restaurant by reopening the restaurant. Okay. So my mom and I found a place that was for sale, and we jumped right on it and kind of came came back in as we left, like the old diner-style menu and things like that. But over the last couple of years, you know, I introduced the barbecue, and that's really taken off. That's probably my main seller. Okay. So it, the originally the restaurant is like your typical kind of like greasy oh, spoon diner. Yeah, type definitely. Of, definitely. Do you still do that also or is it shifted more towards it's shifted the, more to the barbecue? To the barbecue. We do burgers. We grind our own burger there. Oh, nice. And we make, you know, wings and and things like that. How do you make your wings? Do you fry them or do you bake them or do you have both? We fry them. Okay. Yeah. Um, Every once in a while I smoke them. And then throw them in the fryer. That's oh, really, that's really that's good. That's probably amazing. I've had there's um, a crooked crab out in Odenton. Yeah, that started offering um, wings, but they they don't have fryers or anything there. But they have a pizza oven, right. so they sous vide the wings and then they run them through the pizza oven. Which uh, the first time I've had them done like that, they're right. also phenomenal that way too. Yeah, because I mean the pizza oven probably runs it. Because like nine hundred, yeah, yeah I think it's degrees. one of those like nine hundred ones. Because like the half, the half a ball of right. like the fancy Italian super fast uh, ovens. So, how long ago did you come up with the idea to add a brewery to the business? Well, it was playing in my mind for a couple years. Uh, I lived in Gettysburg. I was friends with the people who own Four Score. I saw okay. I saw those guys like do it from the ground up up there. I'm like, man, this is really cool. And I was homebrewing when that was happening. So I'm like, eh, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll take off and just bite the bullet and start doing it just for the restaurant, you know? Yeah. It's more of like a hobby turned into a job. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. 
Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, Mom's Spaghetti Dinner Battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So how, um, what got you into the world of craft beer? What was your, what was your gateway craft beer? To be, to be honest, Boddington's Pub Ale. So first for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, craft beer wasn't big when I was, you know, drinking beer at a young age. Yeah. Um, I drank a Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock. I grew up uh, in Pittsburgh. Right. So that was that was back in the Latrobe, day. Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Yep, back when it was still brewed in Latrobe. Yep. I used to go to the Rolling Rock Town Fair. That is um, one of the most miserable experiences of my life, <laughs> going to the first uh, Rolling Rock Town Fair. Because it was not, uh, I don't think it was very well planned out. Right. <laughs> I, I went there mainly because I wanted to see Our Lady Peace. And we listened to the instructions that were that constantly on the radio because, you know, the Internet was barely a thing back right. then. And they were encouraging everyone to go to one of the, like the offsite parking areas because the it was at the count Westmoreland County Fairgrounds, right? Yeah. The, so the fairgrounds didn't have enough parking. So we went, got super early to one of the offsite where they were, they had shuttle buses, waited forever for a bus. We got into the festival, I want to say it was at least an hour late. We missed Our Lady Peace. It was roughly 1,000 degrees that day. And so I think, yeah, it was, it was really late because the red hot chili peppers were going on right. as we got there. And... We went down onto the field, like where where the big state. Were you at the first one or one of the later ones? I think I was at one of the later okay. ones. I think Outcast played there when I was there. Oh, I remember that year. I, I didn't go to that one because I hated the first one so much. <laughs> but so it was roughly a million degrees, and the so the stage was down on the horse track. I don't know if it was in later yeah, it years. Was, yeah, it was still down there. And they had spread fresh mulch over the entire area and they were spraying it with water to try to keep it cool we walked down there and i just like i wanted to dry heave it smelt so bad because i can't stand the smell of mulch which i don't think that makes me special i think most people are not fond of the smell of fresh mulch so there was just i don't know what like an acre of fresh mulch that was wet baking in the million degree sun and i was like forget let's just leave that's funny (laughs) So that goes down as my number one worst uh, concert I ever attended. So thank you for bringing back those painful yeah, memories. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> um, how did we get? Oh, because I missed it. Yeah, the I, craft and, beer, Boddington's Pub Ale. Yeah. Uh, so then did you just take the stereotypical route after? Like, when was that? When yeah. you shifted? I to, mean, like Sierra Nevada yeah. and. It's like just starting to just try starting all to the try different. all the stuff. Um, I guess my first craft beer was probably way back in the day. Remember Hemp and Ale here in Frederick? Oh, yeah. I oh. mean, I never had one because oh I God. didn't. That was awful. I didn't move to that Frederick until like 2007, I think. So it was Flying Dog right. by that time. By that time, yeah. Um, but every once in a while, I'll see like a Hemp and Ale sign or one of the pint glasses pop up. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I never, I never got to try a Frederick Brewing Company beer. So I guess the then my gateway was Flying Dog. So right, it was the 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 
descendant of Frederick Brewing Company. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you live in Frederick, you know, you're going to go to that flying dog route. Oh, maybe not necessarily now. Right. Or even like as starting as of five years ago, just when, I mean, there was Brewers Alley, Barley and Hops, and um, Flying Dog. Right. Whenever I started getting into craft beer. Uh, so, how long after that did you start homebrewing? Oh, I mean, I really didn't start homebrewing until about three years ago. Okay. So, how did you make your first homebrew? Oh, everybody used an extract kit. Was it a Mr. Mister Beer? No. Damn. It was a uh, Northern Brewer was, extract okay. kit. So, that elevated Mr. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how, how did your first batch turn out? Um, what did I make for that first batch? I think the first batch turned out pretty well. Then the second batch I did, I went I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do all green. Oh, you for the, yeah. Just I just head in. I just went head <laughs> in. Uh, and I did a chocolate peanut butter stout. That was just awful. I, it, it soured. There, there's a. There's, I didn't have any temperature control. Oh yeah, that. So it didn't ferment at the right temperature. Oh man, it was bad. That's a. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely way more opportunity for things to go wrong when you're not just following the instructions right. on an ex- extract kit when you decide to do everything yourself. So was it when you got into home brewing? Were you already kicking around the idea of adding that yeah. to the restaurant? Yep. Okay, so it was kind of like a concerted, I'm going to learn how to do this, yeah. and then we'll eventually so I actually, So I actually dedicated a day. Like I I took off on a Tuesday. Like my sister started to take over the grill in the kitchen because she was out front, and she's like, you know, I know this is kind of what you want to do. So she took over on Tuesdays for me, and uh, for two years straight I just did home brews. Were you so completely self-taught, or did you yeah, find completely other? Self-taught. Oh, nice. I didn't know if it because there's so many places, people around here that right. I know if you had made a no, connection I, with someone no to take to the, you under their wing. Nope, to, nope. <laughs> you know, it, I looked at it as cooking in a different way. You know, because I've been making barbecue sauces for years and putting together different recipes for soups, and I'm like, you know, this is just kind of throwing together a pot of soup <laughs> in a sense. And just making sure everything's way more sanitary. Yeah, 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 definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of the best brewers I've had on talk about that intersection, or at some point in their life, there was a they were a cook or a chef, and talk about like it. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, like what you're saying is right. It you're really just combining flavors to yeah create a liquid meal. Yep. Yes, that makes sense. You. Just, Look at it from the approach of developing a recipe for some anything, and just once you know the flavors yeah. and the, the, the what's going to like what your ingredients going to do, it's a it's following the same it's like making principle. barbecue sauce. Yeah, <laughs> it really, I mean it really is because you start out with your base. Most barbecue sauce bases are ketchup. You know, you, most of your beer bases are two row or pilsner or yeah. or something like that, and then you add your spices, which are your other flavored malts and you just there it is what is your <laughs> favorite uh type of barbecue sauce my favorite type i didn't actually bring it but it's the carolina mustard i'm a huge mustard guy i also like mustard but i don't know that i've ever used mustard as like a barbecue oh it's so type. good so we have uh the cuban the smoked cuban at our restaurant okay so it's pulled pork Pit ham, Swiss cheese, pickles, and the Carolina mustard barbecue. That sounds fantastic. It's one of the best sellers that we have. I got to say, after eating this brisket and pulled pork, I feel like I'm going to end up making a return trip to Thermont. Well, just that, to try. That, that would be nice. <laughs> just to try some of your your other stuff because that was absolutely delicious. Um, my I love jalapeno-based barbecue sauce just i mean i love jalapeno anything right we actually have a chicken sandwich today this is a strawberry jalapeno oh. barbecue 
That's interesting. I don't think I've ever had, like I've had raspberry based ones or what's the, is blueberry a common one used? I don't, mango, jalapeno. Yeah. Uh, but I've never had a strawberry jalapeno yeah. combination. It turned out really nice. That, that's one thing. Like, I love jalapeno because there's so many times where, like, in my mind, I just think, like, oh, that's not going to be good. But, like, jalapeno just plays so well with so many different flavors that I'm positive it's delicious, even though, like, my first thought as soon as I hear is, like, oh, that's that's not right. good. <laughs> you don't put jalapeno or anything in beer, do you? Because I am fully against that. I actually made a mango jalapeno IPA. There are probably people who loved it, but I find it's uh, my, peppers. It's my highest rated beer. Yeah, Here, those people are all wrong. I got another one in there I want you to try. Okay. Well, let, let's. why don't we take a real quick break? Okay. Because this will be a good spot for me to drop uh, the next ad break in. And we'll let you take a few bites because I feel bad that I was over here eating like a pig while you just have that delicious sandwich sitting in front I'm of you. I'm totally fine. I'm, I'm used to eating cold food. When you work in the <laughs> yeah. restaurant business, you eat cold food. Do you even know what your food time. tastes no. like warm? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be right back. All right. So I do want to congratulate you for making one of the only smoked beers that I find palatable. Well, that's good. <laughs> and actually will continue to sip on. Uh, normally, uh, and it's no secret, I hate smoked beers. So it makes me almost want to try your pepper beer, too, because I might not hate it. You might not. <laughs> I think, and, and I was just saying to you at first, that just so many smoked beers go over the top. But this is a nice just add a little bit more roastiness to what, right. a, what a porter would be instead of like the just tasting like it was hot dog water or something poured into the <laughs> into the waters just tasting bad so what what are the what are the names of these two beers uh ships ahoy so single hop ipa that's why i named it ships ahoy and then uh it's funny it's not funny but that one's called canadian smoke Great beer starts with great ingredients. At Havoc Brewing Supply, they offer a wide selection of premium hops, fruit purees, malt, cleaning supplies, and more. Their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer. Havoc offers flexible contracts, lightning-fast shipping, and unrivaled customer service. Join the Havoc Brewing Supply family and elevate your brewing game. Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit HavocBrewingSupply.com today to learn more. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. I feel like it's probably a punchline, but I don't Well, get the, the day punchline. we brewed it. Oh, gotcha. The air yeah. was so thick. Yeah. With the smoke. Yeah. That I just threw the Canadian yeah. on it. So, And it's a smoky beer, so it kind of worked out. It did get... It was crazy how smoky it was. Oh, it was awful. Like you walk outside, and it looks like Armageddon is taking right. place. Where it was like just kind of glowing red with the that was also like i was not able to breathe for no those days i have terrible allergies and i was just like yeah same boom yeah i walked outside instantly i was like yeah i'm just going back in this is not, <laughs> it's not worth being out here and someone's like you named a beer canadian smoke that's awful i'm like oh my god it's not that bad I mean, it's slightly awful <laughs> but not enough to get worked up a little right um are those still burning? I have they no. Get them out? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not sure either. We went. We went up. To, uh, we went to Canada for vacation this year, which oddly enough, like I feel like 50 percent of our friend group also like when we said we were going to Canada for vacation, we're like, oh yeah, we're going too. And it's like this was the year to go to Canada for. Like, what'd you do in Canada? Vancouver or? Yeah, we went to Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls. So we, I mean, we 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 went to. Canada light, Canada light. <laughs> like <Okay>. barely, <laughs> and 
barely into Canada. We we went a couple miles okay. into Canada. <laughs> Although it was, it's only this. Well, I mean, I went a few times when I was a kid, but as like, as an adult, it was only the second time I've ever been there. The first time we went there was like one of the only times in recent history where their currency was worth more than ours. Right. So I felt like we were getting ripped off the, <laughs> the entire time we were there. So it was really nice when we were there because it was like the Canadian dollar, I think, was like 70 cents to a U.S. dollar. So I felt like I was rolling in cash right. while we were there. I've only ever been to Niagara <laughs> Falls once when I was a kid. And I came home with a Canadian penny keychain. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, man, look at this thing. <laughs> Their money is way cooler than ours. It, it, it really I mean, is. most of the world's money is way cooler than ours. Um, they, uh, we, I also found that I had n- never heard of it beforehand, but Wayne Gretzky has a winery and distillery in what's the area of Niagara-on-the-Lake. Right. So we went there. They had amazing uh, whiskey. Of course, there was maple syrup, maple, oh, yeah. maple barrel-aged whiskey. Um, are there are there any distilleries in Thermont? There's ones close, but they're no, not actually. There's no in distilleries Thermont. in Thermont. So you should add that to your. Uh, I mean, I there. should. There's a couple <laughs> wineries. I mean, I guess Springfield Manor is considered Thermont. Is it? I know. I've never uh, looked at their I, address. I know it has. A, I think. Not, I think it has a Thermont address okay. or a Thermont zip code. Yeah. If it if it's not in Thermont proper, it's close enough. To right. Say it's, it's not Thermont. in the town limits. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, so what size, uh, brew house are you using? And I am a one barrel brew house. So you probably just make beer for the restaurant. I just make beer for the <laughs> restaurant. Yes. Do you, um, like, do you have plans where you want to grow that bigger? Or? I mean, I would love to, and I would love to stay in Thermont, but yeah. it's one of those things that there's nothing in Thermont to move into. Oh, there's no open. There's commercial no property. commercial properties in Thermont, and if they if they are a commercial property, they have zero parking. Oh, that's miserable. It's very miserable. Is it just like um, the the makeup of how the city's always been, where it wasn't really yeah built with commerce in right. mind or yeah. something? And what? I still I still call Thermont a bedroom town, you know, because people just live there and they drive yeah. to Frederick, D.C., wherever, and. Uh, so ne- okay, so Thermont's never like been known for any kind of industry or. I mean, NVR's there. What's so that? It's they build like houses. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, back was- in the day, I mean, there used to be a shoe factory there and Clara Frock where they made clothes and all okay. that kind of stuff. But you know that dwindled out in the the sixties, I think. But not enough where like there's these old buildings sitting around. No, that- yeah. And if they if they were they were bought up years and years ago. Yeah, that there's sucks. one building that I could see myself moving into, and it was for sale, but now it's not, and I just heard it was for sale again. So it's <laughs> it's, it's the old feed mill. Okay. In Thermont. So that's probably quite large. I it's assume, huge, right? yeah. And it's got three buildings on it. Um, the ones probably just bulldoze. You know, because it's yeah. small and narrow and just create more parking. But it's got, like, the old timber in it. You can see the ceiling. Oh, that's You awesome. can see the ceiling where it caught on fire, like, <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, it just has that really cool You want that atmosphere. building badly, I do. I, do. I really do. <laughs> the way your face <laughs> yeah. lit up, it's like... Because, you- I mean, you know, it sits right next to the railroad tracks. Yeah. Like, it's just a really cool old building with... A whole lot of history because it's been in Thermont forever. Yeah, I mean it's only a matter of time before. I shouldn't even. I shouldn't say that because someone's going to buy it yeah. now. Yeah, you and, better and, hurry up and call yeah. your bank and start the. the <laughs> you loan never tell process. your secrets that you want. <laughs> um, the I mean it's only a matter of time before Hagerstown and Pro- Thermont's probably closer to it happening just because there's less probably stigma to Thermont than there is to Hagerstown. Like a, I don't a, know. There's a pretty big stigma about Thermont. Well, we but different, talk, different, we talk about different stigmas. <laughs> um, and yes, I make all those jokes all the time. Too. <laughs> um, the, but I mean, it's only a matter of time before the DC sprawl 
hits those two areas as Frederick becomes you know it's 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 overpopulated and more and more there's just there's no building in Thurmon like there's no growth so is that a, um it's completely off beer topic but it's things I'm interested in is that like uh public policy reasons or there just hasn't been anyone seeing the demand so they haven't started developing yet well there was a, a couple plans for some developments to be built and you know people rally around and shoot it so, down i mean uh, it's still an old town yeah i, I mean, mean i love my town but it's still an old town yeah i mean it's definitely i would uh, not saying in a negative way even though i'm sure most people take it but like good old boy yeah type area. Uh, yeah i mean it is you know and it's I don't know. It's just a it's a weird area to yeah. where you know the young people haven't really hit yet. I see it more and more. Yeah. Well, there's definitely like there's building pushing towards yeah. the, like the the outskirts of uh, Thurmont. So I mean, the I always the say, old, if you're growing, you're not. If you if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. If you're like. The old guard is only able to stop development and right. people moving there for so long until people with the land and the money are like, well, I'm going to cash in and there's going to be a thousand houses built on this right. farm. <laughs> and which I wouldn't mind because yeah. there hasn't been serious growth in Thurmont probably since the early 90s. Like serious growth when, okay. when they put in two hundred houses. Yeah. So. Yeah, because there's a couple semi-new developments. Yeah, right? you know, but not, but not, not, not anything like not serious. Yeah. yeah. There was just um, I can't remember what news publication was, but it had a list of the most expensive areas in the world in the U.S. to live, and they lumped. Gaithersburg, Germantown, and Frederick together, like they just had it hyphenated. Uh, we won the 14th slot. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Thermont's next. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see some. Yeah. Just some. <laughs> well, I mean, it's good for business. It is and good for business. And you can take over that large building and yeah. open your distillery. And open the distillery, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, are, is that... Um, is it the same system that you started homebrewing on, like when you really got into homebrewing? No, I was okay. doing a just small like stovetop. Well, I mean, I had a the turkey, tur fryer. turkey fryer, yeah. <laughs> you know, and brought everything to a boil there and had a igloo mash tun nice. and <laughs> did it all that way. Now I remember, did you have trouble opening, or was there another? Was there someone else that was looking to open a brewery in Thermont and it didn't take place? It was all okay, because like I always no comment. Okay, <laughs> we won't go. We won't go down that storyline then. But I like I'll hear like the rumblings of stuff like that all the time. But there's so many breweries that are going to like I lose track of what happens or who's right. going to be where. I or, mean, there's something there, but. Like I said, no comment. I, remember, I mean, it was definitely in the paper, wasn't it? It was. Like if, <laughs> it was. But I don't remember any of the details. I'll Google Actually, it. Actually, I named my first beer off of that. What was the name of the first beer? I'm not going to get rich off this, I promise. <laughs> oh, it was like, like people being against the idea, wasn't it? Okay. We'll, we'll, I don't we'll, think anybody was against the idea. I think it was the way it kind of happened. Okay. Um. So was that – were you first then looking to open in a location that wasn't tied to the restaurant? Or no. was, that was also going to be like moving the restaurant again to another – Yeah. Okay. I mean, because I want to keep the food aspect. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many benefits to having yeah. – I mean, especially if you're making good food, there's no reason not to. Plus, I mean, you don't want to be the one that's destroyed – a. Uh, uh, generational right. business. <laughs> yeah, we did great until Josh took over. <laughs> then he decided to kill it. <laughs> nah. Um. Yeah, I mean, a couple years ago when I started to brew, I found this. It's a site, you know, a, a place in 
a place in North Carolina. It's called Paramill Brewing and Barbecue. And it's like, man, this is this is this is it. Yeah. Like this is my vision. Like barbecue. They do barbecue pizzas and barbecue tacos and man stuff. Yeah. Well, no, just <laughs> good looking food yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and they brewed their own beer. So I followed them for like two years. I'm like, this is what I want. And, you know, I'm halfway there. Well, I mean, you're doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> but I'm halfway to where I want to oh, be. God. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I definitely need a new location. Our location's pretty small. Okay. I mean, we have ample parking, but just the inside's not really functional. And we have a very small kitchen and a very small brew room. And I'd like to get to the three barrel, yeah, you know, size or you know, nothing bigger than that. But yeah, I mean, unless you're have plans, which I would caution you right now not to <laughs> to go larger and want to depend on selling beer outside of the brewery. Yeah, like that's that. not no. I mean, that's kind of like the perfect size to be at if you're like just operating as like a brew pub, right? Make you know, and I talked to some other people, and the one guy told me is like, we only distribute to get our name out. And they're a smaller brewer. Yeah, he's like, we lose money on packaging, but we do it to get people in here. Yeah, although I gotta tell you that, um, at least in the current craft beer climate, that's becoming less and less um, feasible, right? To do because yeah, you like, can't the distribution. Is just like a war field right now with the competitiveness and all the places that need distribution to be able to survive. So if you can build off of just being able to sell everything right. in your own location, you're a much safer, safer business than trying to go too big. Right. I mean, I, I do miss out on package sales. I mean, yeah, we sell the crowlers yeah. and everything like that. But people are like, you got a, a six-pack, you got a four-pack? No, I don't. I'm like, you know why? Because it's so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if you're only brewing a barrel at a time, that's also... Yeah, I mean, you basically the, have to the, brew a barrel just to package. Yeah, the juggling act you would be doing to keep your tap lines flowing and having stuff in packaging would be right. a nightmare. So do you, do you have then one barrel fermenters too? Yeah, I got you, one barrel okay. fermenters. How many... Um, how many beers do you typically have on at a time? In like the fermenters? Fin well, or like finished. Uh, that I mean, I, I, like I have eight beers on tap right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I do. We have uh, two IPAs, uh, a porter, which you're having right now. We have a sour. We have a Belgian. We have a Pilsner. We have a an Amber what Ale. What kind of Pilsner? Just a... Czech, German, uh, German Italian. German style Pilsner. I love Czech Pilsners are my... Absolute favorite style. German are good too, but yeah, I mean, we we worked our way up to eight taps. I have bought for one more, <laughs> and I like odd numbers, so I think yeah. I'm I think I'm gonna hit that nine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, how how often do you have to brew? I mean, there for a while we were brewing, you know, two times a week. Yeah, I've caught myself up. Okay, which makes it. I mean, it makes it nice. Yeah. Um, but we'll be brewing next week. I brewed last week. I brewed my pumpkin beer last week. Taking this week off. I got two beers to keg tomorrow. I got a 11.5% triple IPA. That's a, that's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes a lot of work to get that out of a one-barrel system. Yeah, I would imagine. Like, so we did, we did two mashes. Well, yeah, because I was going to say the amount of loss you have on a, a triple is... <laughs> Not insignificant, so yeah, making so we that did, small. We did a double mash, and I think it's going to turn out pretty good. So are you do well, you, you said you have an assistant brewer. Yeah. But are you doing um, most of the brewing and cooking for the restaurant? I mean, I you? still cook a decent amount. So I brew all the beer with Brian's help. Yeah. I'll give a shout out to Brian Lair. Um. So I do that, and I cook tonight. <laughs> I'll cook. Actually, I'm off this Friday. I got a golf tournament, which is nice. Um, but I cook on Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and some Sundays. So 
I guess that's one th- good thing about barbecue is like you have to cook a whole bunch at one time. Like you're not yeah making it as things are being ordered. So it probably makes it a little easier. It does make it. But we you, still have but a, it's a, not. a painful menu sometimes. That's what I call it. <laughs> so do you still offer all of the diner type foods or have you paired I mean, most of them? We don't offer a whole lot of diner food anymore, okay. you know, but we still have like meatloaf. Yeah. And fried chicken. That <laughs> is sorry if anybody listens. This that's gonna be gone soon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have customers that have been going there for decades? Oh like yeah. Like regulars that have But I mean I've lost so many customers over the last couple of years. Because of the changes. Because no, no, because oh. they're just oh, no like we no longer here, yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean yeah. I had customers that I used to see at the old restaurant still come in <laughs> when I was like ten. Yeah, that had was that kind of And that's um, why it's hard. Yeah, it was like it, to change it. So is that like has that been kind of a, a battle for imaging kind of where it's just a mental it, battle. Like you don't want to see it, it it's generational. Yeah. But I know like there's there's been some like Frederick restaurants where they're they're kind of the stereotypical like that's where the old people go to right. because they're re- they're places that have been around forever right um so I just read like that it's kind of hard to get younger people to come if they have uh that reputation yeah. although completely changing the business probably helps wash away that problem a little bit like changing the menu right changing the menu adding in you know um, i'd like to rebrand i really would but i just don't think like right now is the perfect time yeah it sounds like you probably got enough going on without adding in a rebranding project. yeah because <laughs> i'd like it just to be uncle dirty's brew works and barbecue and the three b's yeah barbecue burgers and beer i love alliteration i'm on board with that <laughs> that that I mean uncle I mean that sounds like a barbecue joint. Right. <laughs> and like that you like you would like if you were at a barbecue competition you'd 100 expect like someone oh yeah, uncle dirty's fit. Yeah, he won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean yeah, I think that would work. I don't you just do it. Just, just change do it. Just change the sign next tomorrow. Week. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow it's happening. Just order some new signs, throw them up. <laughs> but I mean, I guess that would be like if you do find another location, that kind of is a yeah, a, a way to uh, an opportunity for them at that time to do it. When you uh, get the old, uh, was it feed mill? You said yeah, the old feed mill. Yeah. So when you move into there, that that you can that'll be it. <laughs> I mean, it's the per- like if you would like walk into it and just look at it, you're like, yeah, he's right. It's perfect for barbecue, perfect for a brewery, because it's like split in half almost. So it's just like big open. It's just big, wide open. We went to um, a brewery in Erie that, I cannot remember the name of it now. It had some play on Erie and the name of it, but it was in an old train terminal. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same thing where you walk in, it's just big, open, spacious areas. Which lend themselves well for, for those types of right. environments. But you're looking at like probably a million and a half, two million dollars to, to yeah to quote because how long has that been sitting vacant? Probably a while. Wow, yeah. So but there's, there's no AC. But there's no AC. You know, there's no yeah. heat. You got to yeah. insulate. I mean, it was an old feed mill. There's holes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> The find all the rotten wood that needs to be replaced, add in the sprinkler system, right. which costs so much more than I ever would have expected. Some piping that you run water through right. would cost. <laughs> um, it's and, just a, it's a lot to chew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To think about. Um, so that had to, but you own the current location. Yes, right? I own the current location. I, I'm, I'm betting that kind of, that experience of, Having to close the the restaurant because someone else went uh, was foreclosed on probably put a real bad taste in your yes. family from ever 
leasing and being reliant on. We uh, bought that property as soon as we could. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of those uh, things that caused like decades of tra- like not maybe well, I guess trauma might be the wrong word, but like where you're 100 percent against the idea of something like right a, unless you pull out like a 10-year lease yeah but even then like it, you yeah even if you had had like a 20-year lease at that like because of the, the situation yep. yeah you still it wouldn't have mattered you still would have been stuck not having a location anymore so were you able to did you put like all of your restaurant equipment in the storage or do you have to no, get all she, new I mean, stuff whenever she sold everything i mean when we bought the restaurant at the current location, there was some stuff there. Okay. But most of it was so old that we just ended up buying new stuff. So it was pretty much like starting over. Yeah. Not just reopening. Right. That would that'd be a pain in the butt, it was. both mentally and work-wise. <laughs> like, we had this already, damn it. Right. <laughs> um. So what uh, what do you consider the the specialties of Uncle Dirty's Brew Works? The specialties, like what what is uh, what styles of beer do you hang your hat on? I don't know. We've only been open a year. That's a good point. You really, but I think my dark beers are pretty good. Okay, I really do. I mean, it's, I think the Great Eight was really good. That was, was a twelve percent Russian Imperial Stout. Nice. It's it's um, it's kind of weird. It seems like now, either super high ABV or low ABV. I mean, are what people are going after. I'm definitely a high ABV guy. You can go hang out <laughs> with the Midnight Run guys. Yeah. You all would get along well then. <laughs> I got. They don't know how to make low ABV beer. <laughs> I mean, if you're paying eight dollars for. A glass of beer you wanted to yeah do something for you i do you know them at all i met them at the um at the beer fest on the creek they um i can't remember what they called it but they had a like an actual formula for when they would get together and drink and when they were home brewing like to judge the value of a beer based on its alcohol content and all that stuff and that's why they Chose to go all high ABV. I mean, I like it. It's a better, better bang for your buck. <laughs> I wish I could remember what they called it. It was funny, um, but yeah, you guys should hook up because they can make a like twenty percent stout or something right. together. <laughs> I mean, I have a fifteen percent stout in a bourbon barrel right now that was brewed with twenty pounds of Samoa cookies. I know they're my favorite. <laughs> what kind of bourbon barrel? <laughs> uh, rye whiskey barrel or not a bourbon barrel. Okay. Oh, from Mason Dixon Distilleries. Okay. Shout out to Mason Dixon Distilleries. I've never had um I've never had anything from there. I they've been on my list forever to reach out to He's to, a good guy. His name's Yanni. Okay. Pretty good friends with him. Yeah, I um I've had them on my list of places I needed to, to reach out on to see if they wanted to come on. Um, like I said, like what prompted me to contact you is that there was some post or something talking about Frederick's best beers. And like, there was just person after person mentioning uncle dirty. I'm like, I, he's been on my list of people I need to reach out to. I guess I have to now. Well, it's funny the day, (laughs) like I said, the day you messaged me. We were talking about this podcast. And how bad it is. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever listened to that guy down in Frederick he has no idea what he's talking about <laughs> and just rambles on? No. That's not what it was. <laughs> it's fine. I can take it. <laughs> um so do you uh do you do you get into doing the hazies or like you said, you have a sour, but is that like more of like a traditional? This one's a pastry sour. sour. Okay, so yeah, big, thick. It's not. Thick. It's not heavy fruited. Okay, it's just banana, marshmallow, strawberry, okay, all vanilla, the lactose. Flavors yeah, of, but like, but but more on the thin, like more on the thinner, thinner side. side yeah. yeah. People people's taste of those seem to be 
changing a lot. Like going back towards that style more than although the thick boys still sell pretty well too. They do. I think because like people like sugar. Yeah. And they and, and they like milkshakes. Yep. That's basically what they are. <laughs> uh so yeah, as long as people like sugar, the heavily heavily fruited sours will stay popular. I really haven't tried the heavy fruited sour yet. I think that's something I need to build to. Because I think you could screw that up really, really fast. Oh, you definitely can. That's that is definitely something you want to like hook up with another brewery. Yeah, get some pointers on how to do it right because it can. When it's done wrong, it it gets wrong. <laughs> right, <laughs> and they're so expensive. You don't want. I mean, I guess one barrel batch is. I mean, it's going to be way more expensive. Oh, than way what more you're normally for making, me, yeah. but it's not. Um. It's not as bad as if you were doing ter- ten barrel batches and right. completely screw it up. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder the like, is is the beer like seen in Thermont very different than um, like the Frederick area or? Like, are there still plenty of craft beer drinkers? Because, like, as you said, like, it's a bedroom community. There's still... I still have people that come in and drink the craft. Okay. I mean, I still have the domestics, Coors, Millers, you know, Blue Moon, Bud Light. Yeah. It's hard to get rid of that stuff because I don't have, like, a lager on all the time. Okay. You know, you should. I should. They're delicious. <laughs> but I did talk one of my Miller Light drinkers last night into having one of my Pilsners. How'd that go? Did it work? Yeah, it worked. He's like, See, man, he's you're like, converting the people. He's like, this is delicious. You're doing God's work. Yes. <laughs> so I haven't done a lager yet. You know, that's another one of those takes time to learn. Yeah. I mean, we did a lager with Brewery Fire, but collaboration. Over Sorry. there, I just so you had to work with Jesse. Yeah, he's uh, actually a really cool guy. No, he's awful, <laughs> one of the worst. <laughs> no, they, the, you know what? When I first posted that I was getting into it, they were the first people to reach out to me. They're great people. They're just, they're just genuine, yeah, nice people. You know, I guess that's why our beer was named Small Town Logger People. <laughs> they, um, but when I went over and helped them, I watched them do it, and you know, I helped them can it up and all that stuff. So. I kind of got like a gist of it, but you know, loggers are different. So I, you have temperature control now, right? Yeah, I okay. have temperature control now. Yeah, because well, I mean, these two beers would not have been as good as they are if you didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I have to admit, every time I have a very small new brewery on, um, and you, yours falls in this category, when I, I'm surprised when. It doesn't taste like dirty homebrew because that happens so often. Right. Like your beer does not taste like it. Like you, you know what you're doing. <laughs> That's basically well, well, what you. I'm saying. Thank you. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like that dirty homebrew yeah. taste. Like, like it you doesn't. Ju- like it got poured out of a water hose. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> but like you, like you could have told me you had any size system and I like it. The only thing surprising is that it came out of just a one barrel system and you've only been brewing for a couple of years because <laughs> it it does not have that dirty homebrew taste at all it's then and, and you you managed to pull off making a smoked beer that i don't find repulsive <laughs> well that's good and that for the um ships ahoy ships ahoy that one's really good i definitely think people should try that one so do you do you have um i mean i guess you've only been on Less than a year, so, so maybe not. But like, do you have like regular beers that are that you always try to keep on, or are you working from the mode of just I'm just experimenting, I'm just rolling what, through stuff right yeah, now, making what you want to try. Yeah. And I mean, I've dumped some beers. I made a really good uh, white grape beer, like grape musk, or like grape like, musk. Okay. I thought it was delicious. Your customers did not. And it just did not sell. 
So it's were one people of, trying it? Yeah, and they not were. Wanting more? Okay, they were trying it. That's but a lot of, of those, people. But we're in Thermont. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like I sell a lot of IPAs in yeah. Thermont, which is yeah, I was surprised because I was about to say like, yeah, I would stereotypically expect them to be all just Coors Light, Bud Light, <laughs> Budweiser, Miller drinkers. Right. No, I sell a lot of IPA. Like regular, just like regular traditional IPAs. Well, just whatever, which whatever IPA I okay. have on, that's selling the fastest. I mean, that's the the common. Yeah, uh, most breweries will say that, so it's cool that Thermont's following that trend. Um, what <clears throat> what is your personal favorite style? I'm a stout guy. Okay, that's my favorite. I guess that's why you make those huge ones. Yes. <laughs> so not just stout, but ones that knock you on your butt. Yes. Yes, I like those. <laughs> uh, how do people stay up to date with what's going on at Uncle Dirty's? Uh, we have a website. Okay. It's www.uncledirtiesbrewworks.com. <laughs> we have all our upcoming events and all my Instagram posts go to there. Okay. We're getting ready to get some merch on there. And it's uh, Instagram is just at Uncle Dirty, right? I or is it? Yeah, just go to the website. You'll find it there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's Uncle I'll, Dirty's Brew Works is Instagram. Okay. Um, yeah, so people should go there. Check out what you you have going on. And please go try the food. Because the – especially – I don't even know which of those I like. Typically, I like brisket better, but – Pulled pork was phenomenal too. So try both. Get one of each. <laughs> and the coleslaw. Is that you, was that, did you say your grandmother's? Or that, was great, your that was my great grandmother's recipe. So get a decades old coleslaw recipe. I mean, it, like, why mess with it? Because right. it is good. It's perfect, yeah. <laughs> and what, I mean, how long ago was coleslaw probably perfected? Probably centuries, right? <laughs> so there's no reason to mess with it. Right. I mean, the only way, and this is just purely a personal preference this could be any better as if it had some diced up jalapeno in it i mean <clears throat> i could do that for you if you, if you came up <laughs> yeah. you're like i know uncle dirty he yeah. says he's gonna put some jalapeno <laughs> in my coleslaw and that that is and like i said purely just a personal thing that's the only way i could think of of a way to improve this um do you have time to answer some intentionally stupid questions sure There we go. Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Uh, ninja. I'm sorry, that is wrong. Um, does pineapple belong on a pizza? Of course it does. Uh, that is also wrong. Uh, you know, it's really funny. Um, I just, who did I just watch? Oh, it was um, Dave Portnoy's. Uh, he, he did an interview about... Uh, the one bite pizza reviews, right? And he agrees, and I think he is the de facto. Yeah, he's the pizza guy. He's the pizza guy, and he said pineapple does not belong on pizza. So, wow. I have been vindicated. Dave Point Portnoy agrees with me. <laughs> uh, if you could meet one famous person, who would it be? Brad Pitt, just because he's beautiful. He is. <laughs> Nineteen ninety four, Brad Pitt. <clears throat> Not today. Yeah. I have to travel back in time. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever been employed as a Joe Rogan impersonator? I have or, not, okay. but I have been told that I am the wish Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> that's kind of a dig at you. It is. Um, so but I'm a lot not of people say a lot that, of people tell me I look like Joe Rogan. I mean, especially sitting there with a microphone in front of your face with headphones on, you you could easily pass for like you squint a little bit and have maybe slightly bad vision. I would think that you were Joe Rogan. <laughs> so I'm I'm just going to pretend that I've made it and I'm on Joe Rogan right now right. being interviewed. <laughs> you should take a picture of me to see if People 
Oh, I will. I that's like oh yeah, the photo I did take yeah. was not um of Joe not Rogan. with you looking yeah. like Joe Rogan. So we'll definitely there we go. Um, <laughs> what is your most unpopular food opinion? I phrased that in a way because I didn't find Um Yeah, we'll skip on that one. Okay. I I what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Uh Probably mountain oysters. We won't expand on that. <laughs> of the Rocky Mountain. Of the Rocky right? Mountain, yes, yeah. yes. Rocky Mountain <laughs> oysters. They're actually good. Uh, that's I mean that's people what I've go heard nuts too. over them. Isn't the like the textures off putting though, right? It's a little <laughs> off putting. They have to be cooked the proper way. Uh, oh they yeah. really do. Is that on the on the menu? No, <laughs> I actually. You know what's funny? I did. Two years ago, right after COVID, I wanted to make things fun. I did 50 states in 50 weeks. I took a dish from each state. At the like whatever the most popular. In yeah, that. and I made it at the restaurant. People loved it. I think I'm going to do it again I mean, that's in a 2004 cool or 24. Type thing. Yeah. What did you choose for Pennsylvania? I did the Philly cheesesteak or the pork cheesesteak. Actually, did the pork the pork hoagie. I would advocate for pierogies. Right. I thought pierogies were Ohio. Possibly, no, I think it's a very Pennsylvania thing. Is but it? I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh, which right. there's a lot of like melding of Ohio and Pennsylvania things there. I think that's just like a anywhere where there's a large uh, population of Eastern European immigrants, right? <laughs> or 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 the the anyone who grew up in an area where cabbage, potatoes and dough were the the three main food groups <laughs> and maybe some meat sprinkled in um so I would assume Maryland was some sort of crab you know what crab i think i actually Lord. skipped maryland you know it makes sense you're in maryland you don't really yeah. need to we'll need to focus make on crab cakes yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, that's cool. I like that concept. Yeah, it was fun because people were like, "Oh man, what states next week?" Yeah, what are we? What, what are we? What are we having? I mean, had a lot of interesting things. What's the craziest thing, and what state was it from? Like with them, interesting wise. Oh, what was Alaska? I feel like they probably have weird stuff, right? I think I did Eskimo pies. <laughs> No, I think I did. Um, what did I get for? I did a I did a salmon chowder. I've for, never had salmon chowder, but I bet that's amazing. I did, and I smoked the salmon, so it was a smoked salmon chowder. Now I'm trying to think of what I did for Alaska because that's the first one. Oh, so you went alphabetical? Yeah, I did alphabetical. Oh, that one was the longest to go then, so I can yeah. see why you don't remember. Because I don't remember yesterday. One more beer, you know. Yeah. I might remember. <laughs> uh, what is your go-to breakfast cereal and why? Fruity Pebbles. I was never a big Fruity Pebble fan. Idiom has a Captain Crunch smoothie sour on right now oh they do if you want to do some market research for i will <laughs> for smoothie sours <laughs> um if you could win a lifetime supply of anything what would it be i mean these are these questions stupid have, yeah have me mind boggled <laughs> bacon i mean that's a good thing to always have yeah it's one thing my kids will eat What's the worst fashion decision you've ever made? Jenkos. They tried to bring those back briefly, but it didn't, no. didn't stick. No. <laughs> I, don't, just, I, don't, I don't know how the mullet has stuck around. They brought that keep, back. Yeah, and it just and, keeps. And it just keeps. Jenko, the problem with Jenkos were, one, they look stupid. They look stupid back then, too. They're just also completely impractical and uncomfortable. Yeah. Like especially like you walk out on a day where it's rainy, like you've you've instantly added like thirty pounds to your pants because right. they're two feet wide, dragging on the ground, soaking up. <laughs> There's nothing 
functional <laughs> or attractive Jenkos. about Jenkos. No. So it's amazing that what was that was the late nineties, right? Uh, or mid, mid maybe mid, no, yeah. mid to late nineties. Or I graduated in ninety nine. I think they went out in two thousand. Yeah, our dumbasses were wearing them. Though. Yeah, <laughs> thinking we were cool. <laughs> it's really looking stupid. <laughs> What's one item that you cannot live without? One item. I don't even know. Guess there's nothing you're that attached to then. My wife. I think she might have a problem with you referring Waiting. to her as an item that you can- No. <laughs> I mean I couldn't or live she without might her. find it endearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What is a food combination that people eat that you just can't get behind? Nothing. Oh, you just yeah. If you want to eat it, eat it. Unless it's pineapple on a pizza. Oh then it's no, disgusting. It's so good. <laughs> Throw a little mayonnaise on top of that pineapple pizza. You just made it worse. <laughs> How about kewpie? What's that? That's the Japanese mayonnaise that they use. Oh, is that like yum yum sauce? Well, or? no, it's like it's like mayonnaise, but okay. it's called kewpie. I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, it's delicious. I love yum yum sauce. Like the that which is kind of like a mayonnaise, but yeah. like, I don't know what's in it, but it's good. I just know whenever they ask me if I want it at a hibachi restaurant, I say yes. Yes. <laughs> and dip everything into it. Um I already asked that one. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Crunchy. That's the correct answer. If you were a new member of the Spice Girls, what would your name be? Dirty Spice. That's the first one you'd even have to remotely no, think, think about. about. No. I feel like you've you've <laughs> thought, thought about, about it already. That, yeah. You're like, if I ever make it into the Spice Girls, <laughs> I know what. <laughs> uh, if you won the Powerball, what would the first thing you would purchase? The mill. <laughs> I assume that was going to be your answer. (laughs) Who would play you in a movie about your life? Joe Rogan. Yeah. And on that note, (laughs) I think we should end there. Actually, no, I want one more from a a restaurateur. Okay. If you drop food on the floor, what's the maximum amount of acceptable time to still pick it up and eat it? At the restaurant or at my house? We'll get get answer for each. Okay, zero seconds at the restaurant. <laughs> that is the, probably what the health yes. department would like you to say. You I mean, passed. sometimes the five-second rule turns into the 10-second rule. <laughs> to the minute. Yeah. To if it's really good, yeah. maybe. Does it have any dog hair on it? Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right, Josh. Thank you so much for your time today, and especially thank you for the delicious brisket and pulled pork. And for the first time ever, I'm going to say this. Thank you for the smoked porter. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) This was fun. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.